What are you doing in here? <laughs> Mon Dieu, ma petite oiseau. <laughs> I shall return. Really? The things I put up with on this ship. Be sure to subscribe to Oz9 wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The Discussing Network presents Discussing Comics. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to start by welcoming back Clarence Brown. Clarence, my friend, how are you? I'm I'm doing pretty well, man. Doing pretty well. No complaints. How about yourself, sir? No complaints. I could ponder a myriad, myriad different things that I might could say, what if this and what if that, but who knows? Oh, God. But what I do know is I want to say welcome back to another friend. Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? Very well indeed. Very well. Glad to be on a uh, discussing comics with the two of you. I know it's been a while since the three of us have discussed comics. You know, this is sort of like Tuesday night. It's discussing who. And just because I'm trying to go a theme here, I think we wanted to say, what if we recorded comics instead of who this week, which is what What we're doing. And oddly, we have, uh, we're doing this on audio only, so nobody is the watcher. Mm-hmm. Nobody is the watcher, but maybe his second cousin, twice removed, <laughs> the listener, is listening. The listener. <laughs> Cha-ching. So for everyone listening, thank you for being here. As Lee likes to say on Discussing Who, you didn't have to be here, and we appreciate it. And also, please go out and like, subscribe, whatever your podcatcher of your choice prefers you do. Please do that. And of course, leave us a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. So why are we here tonight? If you haven't already figured it out, we are talking about what if both the comic book series and the new what if TV series from Disney+. Plus. Without further waiting for anything else, I need to say, if you have not seen, or maybe, what if you have not seen or heard (laughs) anything, I know I had to go there, about what if, put us on pause, go out, read some of the comics, watch the first episode, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. (laughs) All righty. I want to go first into the comic book series. And Lee, I think you and I may have more experience into the comic book realm of what if. So I'm going to point this to you first. Tell me your first memories, experiences, or even if you were a fan of the what if series. Oh, I was indeed, and it connects directly to my deep and abiding love for the Fantastic Four. At um, the time when uh, the What If series started, I was really starting to um, think that I need to dial back this comic book habit. And, um, you know, so I would go into the comic shop and go, eh, I don't know, I used to like that, but I know that, whoa, this is something with the Watcher on the cover. Uh Uh-oh. So... I bought the first issue of What If because it had the Watcher on the cover, you know? Do you remember and, um, your first What If story? What What is... 
Yeah, see, I, I'm embarrassed as, as because I'm not a comics historian now, but I, I remember that I that I loved it, but I don't remember what it was. Hmm. It wasn't um, uh, Captain Carter. Indeed. Do you know what, what, what happened in What If Number One? I do know what happened in What If Number One. The question was posed, what if Spider-Man had joined the Fantastic Four? Fantastic Four, yeah. And... That's right. So it not only had the Watcher, but also the the Fantastic Four, and and you know Spidey had turned had turned up in Fantastic Four several times, including one of my favorite comics of all time, and um, and he had sort of put himself forward as a as a member, and um, had had been disappointed to find that it doesn't pay anything, mm-hmm. um, and that was why he he then said, oh well, forget it, nuts to you guys. Yep. My favorite thing in that story, honestly, was the fact that to protect his identity, he had a paper bag on his head. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not the first time that had happened either. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, it struck me as interesting that I thought the premise would be that completely outlandish, outrageous things were going to be happening. But what I found instead was something that I think is much more brilliant is that the watcher is sharing experiences from parallel universes in which one relatively small thing changed. And then it sets everything else off in a different direction. And very often in the comics, they ended, they ended badly. And sort of your takeaway was, yeah, it's probably better that things happened the way they did in, in our timeline. Yeah. Yeah. It's better. It's better our way. And uh, I thought that was a very interesting sort of editorial decision from the beginning. So what about you? What was your first experience of that? So from my first experience, I think this predates me being able to read because I'm pretty sure it did predate me being able to read. It was in the age of my parents buying me comics. I'm looking at the pictures and I'm picking up on the story maybe a little bit from the pictures slash when I actually did learn to read, et cetera, and so forth. And I think it, it confused the heck out of me. And I'll tell you why. Well, <laughs> do you no explanation needed. <laughs> well, well I, but, but this will make it <laughs> really confusing if I'm looking at pictures. The very first one that I can remember is, what if the original Marvel bullpen had become the Fantastic Four? So for years, little boy Kyle thought that there were two variations of the Fantastic Four, and I kept trying to figure out why did Sue have black hair in one issue, but have blonde hair in all the rest, and the thing looked different, and et cetera, and so forth. Not realizing that this is is just an in-joke about that. Yes, that the creators of the Fantastic Four became the Fantastic Four, yes. So what year did this this first issue of What If come out? Do we know? I do. The first volume of What If was from 1977 through 1984. It ran, I'm not sure for how many issues, but that was the time frame. It was then canceled, brought back in 1989 and ran throughout until 1998. And then from... Then forward, you've had maybe every couple of years where they will release six or eight issues in a volume, and then another year will go by and then do six or seven issues or something. 
But for the most part, the series as themselves, volume one, 97 to 84, I mean, 77 to 84, and then 89 to 98. So it's been something that they could play with for a long, long time. Yeah, sort of as much or as little as they've they've cared to. But, uh, you know, and for one thing, I feel like they, they've sort of wanted to, to hold back on committing to something being a what if, because very often it could be a legitimate yeah. storyline. Yeah. Hmm. In the in the in the universe proper, so it's like maybe we don't yeah, want to treat that as a what if. I want to throw away good stories on this one off thing. Mm-hmm. And, 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 exactly. and that makes me think. I wonder because I feel I'm not a comic purist or anything, but I feel like some of the comic stories tend to be so outlandish and crazy. Anyway, does a what if really serve any purpose? But I do appreciate what you mentioned up top, Lee. And we see from the show that we'll get into, but it's just a small, small change that sends us down a different path. And I really appreciate focusing on that. So based on what you said, and you actually offer an awesome segue into a question I wanted to ask you, which is not being the comic purist and not having the background that Lee and I have, have more of a, you know, affinity for the TV and the movies. My question to you is, as a concept, does that appeal to you? Or is it something that doesn't appeal? What's your feelings on this, asking the question, what if? What are your thoughts? Well, I think what we're seeing now is that the what if is really more than a possible scenario, but it's a scenario that's really playing out in some other parallel universe. That's what I find fascinating about it. And and definitely we look at how we've set up um, the the MCU now. It, it really plays in well and makes a whole lot of sense that we have these alternate stories that are telling, you know, somewhat the same stories, but just slightly different. So I, I think it's fascinating, to be honest. Cool. You mean we you mean we had to have Loki before we could have. What yes. If? Yes. And it's funny because it, a, a friend of mine, um, uh, we we got in. A, well, she was watching Loki separately, and I was just telling her, "Oh man, I'm really into this. I think this is awesome." And she kind of expressed one of the views I've kind of had of comics. Period is that there are so many alternate. Well, maybe maybe not alternate, but so many different storylines going on at one time. It's hard to keep up. And she's expressed a lot of reservation. Yes around the idea of the multiverse and dealing with that going from this very simple linear MCU and expanding in all of these different directions. Now, now for the, for the sake of, (laughs) of Disney slash Marvel, I don't think they're going to get too outlandish. I think they're going to try to keep it simple enough where we can understand it and, and, and bounce from one tent pole event to another. So I'm not really too scared in in that aspect. (laughs) <laughs> but it definitely gives them a lot of wiggle room. Well, and if and if, and if her point was, it's hard enough to keep <laughs> track of everything. <laughs> and what they're going to raise it to the tenth power or the power of infinity? You know? Yeah, you know, I'm right with her. It's like, oh, come on! <laughs> like, I don't even know what's going on right now. Just <laughs> just make me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so is the so is the Hulk yeah. smart or is he stupid? Yeah. I kind of know. I don't know. <laughs> now, before I say what I'm about to say, I know. <laughs> that during the time frame that I'm about to talk, I'm going to idealize it in a bit because I know in many, many ways 
Jack and Stan were doing nothing more than flying by the seat of their pants, getting work out, and it just so happened that we can look back and call it continuity. That being said, there feels like, to me, one of the reasons that Marvel was so successful in the early days particularly was, regardless of fly by the seat of their pants and getting stuff out, you had... Stan Lee and just a core set of bullpen artists and writers that drove the trajectory of the Marvel Universe. So as they grew, you still had that voice growing. Kevin Feige, I think, is one of the reasons why I think no matter how multiverse of madness that we may get, there's still going to be a method to the madness. Hmm. Well, let me ask you guys this question. If we, and I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead of you, but if we're thinking of the idea of possibly at some point bringing in these other universes that we've had around for a while that have been totally separate, um, i.e. The, the Spider-Man movies, the Fantastic Four movies, and the X-Men movies, do you think they will try to show us a what if moment to try to make those make sense? Or are we just going to say they've been there the whole time? Hmm. Well, word on the street. I don't know if you guys have talked about this or not, is that um, the reason why we're not seeing teasers or trailers from Spider-Man No Way Home is because they don't want to blow mm-hmm. the secret. And the secret is that it has all three of our cinematic Spider-Men in it at the same Yay. time. <laughs> yeah. And I hope that's the case. You know, I'm, I'm of the, well, if we were talking DC at the moment, one of my favorite words in DC, even though the, it is kind of lost its luster, but you guys already probably know one of my favorite words associated with DC is crisis. I love things that are universe. The multitude. Cataclysmic or whatever. <laughs> What now? Said the multitude. Yes, I love the, the fact that yeah. you may have three Superman on the same screen at the same time. I love the fact that yeah. you can have three Wolverines at the same time, or whatever the case may be. I'm all for that. I love that concept. So before we get into the series, I, I do want to touch base on something that one of you said a little bit earlier, You talking about it's so far removed or maybe from the concepts of what we actually see. The interesting thing on some of these is you give it enough time and some of it may become canon, which I think you'll quickly be able to pick out. So from What If Volume 1, I've just listed a few of the episodes or the issues, which are, we've already talked about Spider-Man joining the FF, There is another one, what if the Avengers had never been? What if the original Marvel bullpen we talked about? What if Gwen Stacy had lived? What if Phoenix had not died? What if Jane Foster (laughs) became Thor? Mm. Dum, dum, dum. And really, of these, the only one that I remember having the experience of thinking... Well, now that would actually be an interesting, <laughs> was the Jane Foster one. And sure enough, they, I wasn't the only one who thought so. Yes, indeed. So much so was it popular in the comics that 
I don't know. It was so good that there might be love and thunder abound, perhaps. Who knows? Love and thunder. But from volume two, I specifically wanted to mention two issues. Lee, this one is for you. What if the Fantastic Four had lost the trial of Galactus? Mm -hmm. Yes, because you know that that is one of my favorite uh, John Byrne stories of all time. And uh, yeah, so it was interesting to, to turn it on its ear. Um, yeah. And the final... Go ahead. I may still have that one. I need, to, <laughs> I need to look. And so the final one that I want to mention specifically, not only did it spin off a comic on its own, it also in the early to mid-90s had its own pre-Ultimate Marvel imprint called the MC2, which was what if Spidey, I mean, excuse me, what if Spider-Man and Mary Jane's child had survived and it introduced a character called Spider-Girl. Mm. So, all right. So guys, let's get into the series proper and I will just do a real recap or real quick recap here. The first episode of season one of Marvel Studios' What If premiered on Disney Plus on the 11th of August, 2021. The series consists of nine episodes, which will conclude by the 6th of October, again, 2021. A second nine-episode season is currently in development. Episode one asks the question, what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? So, Clarence, I will start with you. Summary view just on the first episode. What did you think? I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I love, um, was it Haley Atley? Is that her name? Uh, Haley Atwell. Atwell. I first saw her in a Black Mirror episode. She was amazing. But I also very much was enjoyed the Agent Carter series that came on ABC that I think maybe lasted two seasons. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Didn't they say that's not canon any longer? Or Which one? Did, oh, 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 the Agent Carter? The, I the think Agent Carter series? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, if Steve was able to go back in time and reclaim her, then they apparently had different yeah. adventures than the ones that we saw in Agent Carter. Cause yeah. So in in which neither of them wonders where Bucky is, and that that really still bugs me. But carry but carry on. Yeah. So so I mean I've kind of already seen that as a what if 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 they're saying it's not canon anymore. So uh, and again, really like that mm, actor. Yeah. So seeing her in this, I just loved all of the connections to what we've seen before in the, in the Captain America: The First Avenger movie. Seeing the different actors, some of some of which reprise the role, some are you know different voice actors, but on the whole, I I really thought it was an interesting take on seeing something just change a major thing, but you know it it, it something happened slightly different that went on this spiral to where we get a whole different uh, super soldier. So um yeah, I'll let you guys guys give thoughts, but I really really enjoyed her. Oh, I, I just loved it. I just loved everything about it. And uh, and as Clarence says, I, I well, I hadn't thought about the voice acting 
um, when I came into it. And so I was watching the opening titles going, oh, Haley Atwell, that's great. They got her. And then it's hitting me as we go along. They're Howard Stark. It's yeah. Dominic Cooper. He was Howard Stark yep. and yep. Agent Carter. It's, you know, we're really going for it. And then at the end, of course, we'll see uh, Nick Fury and uh, Hawkeye. And it's Sam Jackson and Jeremy Renner. And, you know, because yeah. why not? <laughs> and uh, I just appreciate the fact that they went for it. Uh, um, oh, and of course, your favorite actor in mine, Kyle, Toby Jones, was there as as Arnim Zola. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I didn't know that was Sebastian Stan until I looked it up. I but that's him playing a much younger. Yeah, it actor. sounded like they may have did some digital de-aging on his voice. I wondered, yeah, because he, but uh, he certainly played a, a younger him, and I bought it. But um, I, I just thought every beat of the story felt right to me, felt perfectly timed, and their commitment to the the style of the animation and the design of things in it. Um, my friend David, um, who uh, is uh, is working even as we speak on something in the Marvel universe. Um, he he saw echoes of the uh, the great uh, Paramount animated uh, Superman, the first uh, animated Superman with the uh, mechanical monsters, and uh, once he said it, I could see it. There were a lot of uh, similar design ideas as from uh, mechanical monsters, but um, just what what fun! Yeah, and. Um, I especially, I'll go ahead and say favorite scene. I just really liked this, the montage of uh, Captain Carter punching Nazis. And every time <laughs> she hits somebody, it turns into what looks like a poster, you know, for advertising Captain Carter. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was uh, just very over the top and uh, very uh, anime, actually, because there's speed lines, you know, coming out from everything. And I just, I love that thing particularly. So yeah, the, the action beats were so good in this episode and yeah and whereas you could tell they tried to make some of the cinematography and shots look like they would be if they really had to do it with a real you know uh with a real camera and real special effects Mm -hmm. but they took liberties in places that made it really flourish i'm thinking of the scene where we have steve and and she's flying on his back and and also, yes. <laughs> in, in, in the way it's shot and they pan the camera around, just so beautifully done. And that's like all throughout this whole episode. The camera work is is amazing. And and now just double down on the art style. Cell shaded, question mark, art style that they have. Just, just looks great. Yeah. You guys could not have said it better. I mean, seriously. Because <laughs> it was very easy for me to forget that I was watching animation. It felt fluid, especially in some of the movements. It just felt like, and I I myself was reminded of the Fletcher Superman, you know, cartoons, thinking, wow, that was almost 100 years ago, and it looked that good then, and this is reminiscent of that in 2021. But I'll just repeat everything that you guys said and speaking of voice actors, I just want to mention a few people that are going to be lending their voices, such as Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One, Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, uh, Paul Bettany as The Vision, Josh Brolin as okay. Thanos, and you get where I'm going. Everyone yeah. except three 
voice actor or three actors who were not available, which was, let's see, Tony Stark, um, Chris Evans, Chris Evans, and um, uh, no, yeah. Yeah, Chris Evans standing did an excellent job, by the way. I could hardly tell it wasn't him. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Totally agree. I will say that it is a little bit bittersweet that we'll be hearing, you know, Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. That, that's cool that, that, you know, he got to record this, but bittersweet considering that he's no longer with us. In the episode that will drop tonight. Oh, mm. indeed. As of this recording. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. Mm. So let me ask you guys, I know other than we know that there's obviously a, since he will be playing T'Challa slash spoilers, Star-Lord, there's obviously a variation there. We don't really know what's coming, but I want to ask you guys, do you feel like this is, and maybe this is an obvious question now, that these what-ifs, we're actually seeing variations on the new Marvel MC multiverse? I think it 100% is. We're just seeing the multiverse. That's all we're seeing, in my opinion. I think so, too. I was just curious what you guys thought. I wonder. Hmm. I think I've heard as such, to be honest. Uh, I can't quite remember where I heard that from. But certainly, it, it gives them an out in a way, instead of having to you know, physically in the real world, produce all these variations for us to kind of believe or buy that it is really a multiverse now. <laughs> you know, we can have this 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 easy, well, much cheaper to produce animated show. We bring in the, the voice actors, make them look like they're on screen counterparts and and try to build out and flush out this world here. Um, where maybe they can do some things they can't do or that's not easily done in live action. So, yeah, I think this is this is meaningful. It's part it all falls in line with what we've seen on Loki. And there may be some crossover impact in some aspects. I don't know where, but maybe in some aspects. Hmm. I'm for, all I can say is I'm here for it, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> we just yeah we just have to hang in there long enough. Indeed. So since we don't have any other ideas, I'm sure we'll be talking what if again because we've only watched one and there's eight more episodes coming after that. So I, I think one of you has already said what your favorite scene was. So the one who did not say what your favorite scene was. Did you have a favorite scene? And if so, what was it? My favorite scenes were anything where we got to see Captain, the, our former Captain America and, and, um, and Peggy Carter in the same scene together where, where mm. we see um, he, Steve Rogers did not get the serum. So he still remember what they had to do in the first Avengers movie to make him look puny and small and like a little kid. And that's how he is in this episode. So I love the, the, the interchange here of where they've kind of flipped it. And we see a, a very built out muscle bound Peggy Carter, uh, in, 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 uh, in these scenes with Steve Rogers, where um, just the dynamic flip. I just love the dynamic flip there. We see the woman that's the big and the powerful 
and and he's having to lay back and lay in a cut. Though he does get his moments in this in this episode, but he does. But just a wonderful way to to flip that, wonderful way. And it's a reminder that to, I've always thought that one of the, the things that's so great about this depiction of Captain America and about the the first Avenger movie is that Steve is already a hero. Yes, he's just he just gets the super soldier serum to finish it off, but the serum didn't make him a hero. That's that's just Steve. So. We get to see this. We get to see that here, kind of uh, a little bit turned upside down. That uh, it's it's not his superpowers, but he is Steve Rogers, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No question that he should be wielding that hammer. No question. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> so for me, my favorite one was at the very end, and it was where she walks through the portal and she is drawn into the future. And it was not that she went in, well, went through a portal. It was more so as the infinity, yeah, timey-wimey had to (laughs) correct itself. So even though something changed, the overall tapestry of the timeline still flowed to get her from past to current day and being now a woman out of time. I just thought that that was a real cool twist that they did at the end that they really didn't have to do. And I just thought that that was really cool. And the idea that Steve and Peggy are going to be separated by 70 years, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. Sad, yeah. but sad, but still cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve got to be Iron Man. So, hey, there you go. <laughs> Before there was one. Indeed. So I think that is a great point to say, what if we end this episode on that? Except I need to ask one final question. And Lee, I'll start with you. Where else Hmm. might you be found on the Internet? Well, I'm going to keep on pointing people towards the good old uh, serial drama Relativity, which you can hear all of and find out all about at RelativityPodcast.com. Awesome. Well, Clarence Brown, what about you? I will say check out the our Facebook groups, our Facebook group, excuse me, Ugh. <laughs> which you can check out by going to facebook.com slash groups slash discussing network. All right. And speaking of discussing network, I will point you to our website, which is discussingnetwork.com. And look for a particular, well, check out all the episodes because it's a feed of all the shows. But particularly, I would point you to the Extremely Geeked Out podcast where our co-host Ron Stevens and I are talking about milestone comics and the revival of such. And as a big milestone fan, I can't say enough great things about that episode and about those characters. So check that out. And as always, thank you for listening. And we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.